We are, uh, we're finishing up our series going through the, the book of Philippians, and um, it's been a great series. I love the book of Philippians, and the reason why I enjoy this book so much is for the reason that Paul is actually writing this uh, letter to the church in Philippi is actually an encouraging letter because the church is, is doing well. Uh, the church is, is serving uh, the Lord. Uh, this was uh, the first church that, that Paul started in Europe. It's his baby. He's excited about uh, what, the, what God is doing in their hearts. And so he wants them to continue uh, walking in this way. And so what we've been looking at over the last month was guarding our hearts against infection. What are the things that that can enter into our lives, into our spiritual lives, that can cause infection and, and cause us to become spiritually unhealthy. How many know that the waywardness of our life always starts somewhere? It, it, the wayward of our life doesn't just all of a sudden we make this decision and all of a sudden we're wayward. It's these small little choices that we make in our lives that eventually lead us astray. And cause us to become spiritually sick. And, and, and what we see through these four chapters of Philippians is Paul is, is telling the, the church in Philippi, here's how you guard your heart against spiritual infection, uh, allowing your hearts to become uh, infected with things that, that, that aren't godly, things that will draw you away from your relationship with God. And how many know life is a battle? How many, ever, how many felt like you were in a battle this week, right? It, it's a battle where we face health issues, we face financial issues, family problems, strife, and it just feels like a battle. And sometimes, how many of you just feel like, you know what, I'm done. I, I just feel like giving up. I am, I am toast. I want to give up. I want to just crawl in a cave somewhere and everybody leave me alone, right? You ever, ever feel that way? If one more person asks me one more thing, I'm going to just lose it, right? And so we all go through the stresses in our lives. And, and Paul, through his writing here, just shows the Philippian church, here's how you protect your heart from becoming unhealthy. And let me just say this, as I said last week, there is no one in this room that is perfect. There is no one in this room, including myself, that has it all together. The closer we get in fellowship with one another, especially you that are married, the closer you are together, the more those imperfections are revealed in our life. Can I get an amen? And I think sometimes what we, what we want to do in our lives is we want to portray something that really isn't there. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. It is so refreshing to me personally when I ask somebody how they're doing and they just tell me I'm not doing real well and I need you to pray for me, or my marriage isn't going that well. Or the, and it's just refreshing to me that people can be honest that not everything is perfect in their life and there's some great needs in their life that they need help with. How many know that's a humbling thing? Because I think the trap we can fall into as believers is that everything is okay and hunky-dory in our life and there's no problems. But meanwhile, we're hurting inside. So when we come to church or we talk to other Christians or other friends, we're actually hurting so much inside, but we don't want to let people know how much we really are hurting. And we're afraid that people might think of us differently. And see, the problem with that type of thinking is the longer we allow that, to remain in our heart in the life, the worse it is later. And then it comes out in such a, a, a worse way. And so my, my heart for you as your pastor is, and, and for the Fellowship of Living Word is that we would just be honest with each other, that we, would, that we would guard one another, that we would be open and transparent with each other, that we would be vulnerable with each other and realizing that not everything's perfect in our life and we need help in our life. And that's why I think Paul's heartbeat here uh, his joy in the writing of this letter. He was, he was wanting the Philippian church to continue in their growth and their love and their depth for one another. And, and the way we love one another and the, the depth of our love for one another is seen in, in how deep we are in our relationships with one another and how, how much we're willing to, uh, to, to humble ourselves, to allow ourselves to become vulnerable and have uh, people uh, pray for us. Amen? I mean, that, that's really when it becomes real. 
when our walks with the Lord become real and fellowship and church becomes real and it becomes more than just a churchy religious thing that we do once a week. Our relationships become vital and they become real and become authentic. And that's what Paul is saying here. So we looked over the last couple of weeks, we looked at guarding our heart against ungratefulness and selfishness. And last week we talked about uh, yielding to the flesh. But today what I want to deal with is something that I believe that we all deal with from time to time. And uh, this is an area that I, I personally have battled with and struggled with from, from time to time. And, and, and I love, I just love the whole chapter of Philippians 4. So if you've got your Bibles, just open there to Philippians chapter 4. Because we're going to just take one chunk of Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to deal with this one area that I believe all of us battle with. And that's the area of worry or anxiety. Now, Paul, in the last part of this letter, deals with this very issue. And... Um, and I believe this is a very encouraging chapter, but basically in a nutshell, he tells them and he, he writes to them and he says, listen, keep doing what is right. Keep your eyes on, on Christ. Rejoice in what Christ has done for you. And he says, keep your mind on what is good and holy. Practice them, walk in them, and you will know the peace of God. Now, the, the question is this that I want to pose to you before we jump into the scripture. The question is this, why is it that our hearts become so overwhelmed and anxious at times? Why is it so difficult for us to find peace in this world? I want you to think about it for a moment. We are constantly bombarded by stuff. And now we're, we're told that all the stuff that we have in our lives is supposed to make our lives easier. How many of you have come to realize that the more stuff that you have in your life is the more stuff that you have to worry about, right? The more stuff you have, the more you worry about. And we think, well, if I have this particular stuff, it's going to make my life easier. Then you've got to buy a bigger garage to keep your stuff in, right? And, and, then, and, then, and then you got all that stuff in there, and sometimes you go in there, and you don't even know the stuff that you have, have you ever done that? You have a garage sale, you start to clean out your, the, I, I didn't even know I had that stuff. That stuff's been in there for like 10 years, right? And then, and then when you actually need stuff, right, and you actually have to go and get it, you don't know where the stuff is anymore. You're like, man, I know I got that stuff somewhere. I know I kept it for this very reason, and now I can't find my stuff, right? Because we've stuffed it somewhere, Right? You just stuff it every. Some of you just stuff your stuff everywhere. You don't even know where your stuff is, right? So we think this is going to make our lives easier, and it doesn't make our lives easier. To find to find solitude in our lives is like trying to find a needle in, in a in, in a haystack. So how many of you have have just sat down in your lives and did nothing? Did nothing like had nothing on in the background. You just sat there and you did nothing. We always seem to have noise all around us all the time. And, it's, and if it's quiet for just a moment, especially in my house, I get nervous, right? Those are the kids, if it's quiet for one, you're like, okay, what's going on? Something is wrong, right? So, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, for Easter, we were able to visit my nephew in Phoenix, Arizona. He's on staff at the church. So we got to go to, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon. It was really fun. I remember flying back. We had a bigger plane flying back to Atlanta. And, and there was probably 160 people or so on the plane. And I can remember just sitting there for just a moment. And I've got my daughter next to me. She's got her earphones on playing with her iPod. And then I've got my, my son next to me. He's got his earphones on. You know, he's got his mom's iPad. Uh, then my other son's over there. He's listening to his music on his iPod. And, and you, know, I, I, you know, I've got a book or whatever that I'm reading. And I looked around. Everybody on the plane was the same way. Here we had over 160 people on the plane and everybody was in their own world. Here you got all these people together and everybody's separate. I always notice that when I'm in my house because you can all be in the same house and everybody's in different worlds, right? It, we're, we're, we're so bombarded with all this stuff and, and, and let me just say this, technology is a great thing. I got a Kindle Fire for Father's Day. Just, I'm just saying, I love, I love technology. I love it. I mean, it's great. Now I'm, a, I'm addicted to this bowling game on it. I'm just like, Kathleen goes, last night she goes, 
So are you all set with your, um, your sermon? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, honey. I'm all set with my sermon. I was playing my little bowling game on the thing there. Uh, just a little addicted to it. I'm going to put it down for a while. Um, but how many know technology is great, right? But how many know it can become overwhelming in our life? Because we have instant access to emails through our phones now. People can instantly text us. And so basically, we have no peace. And I know some of you, your, your phone is just attached to your hip, right? You're checking it every two seconds. Did I get an email? Did I Remember the day when you just got an email and you had to actually go to your computer to check it? Now you can just check it on your phone every two seconds. Who's texting? And then somebody texts you. And then people text you. They feel like you got to answer them back right away. Well, I texted you. It's been five minutes. Well, what are you doing? Where are you? I need you to do it. Right? It's like, come on. It's, we, we are constantly bombarded with stuff now and easy act, listen, easy access to our lives. Right? Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm just saying. We're easy access to our lives to the point where these things are not necessarily bad in themselves, but I believe the problem is that technology is not wrong, it's great, but has it given us more peace? Is it the peace that we're looking for? You see, we, we have that instant access, but it is, it, is it the peace that we're looking for? One author put it this way. He says, we suffer from option overload. Now, we live in the United States, and I, was, uh, I, I read this uh, about an African pastor who came to the United States, and he went into a grocery store, and he about passed out because he could not believe the choices that you can make. He says, when you go to a store there, wherever it is, you got one choice. It's one thing here, one thing there, and you're out of there. He, he, he couldn't handle it. He, he literally couldn't. It was too much overload for him. He couldn't handle all the options. So this pastor, uh, Barry Swartz, in his book, paradox of choice talked about this he said scanning the shelves at my local supermarket recently i found 85 different varieties of crackers 285 varieties of cookies and among chocolate chip cookies there were 21 options among goldfish remember just a cheddar goldfish there you go enjoy it kids right there were 20 different varieties to choose from. How many of you have gone out to dinner, like the Cheesecake Factory, and the, and the, and the server comes with a telephone book? Here you go. And you, right? And it's like, it's like this book, and you're like, can I have three hours to read through it? We've got 865 different types of cheesecake. Which one do you want? Well, hold on. I'm only on page 10. I've got to get to page 350 before I figure out what I want, right? It is overall. And people, let me just say this. It's only getting worse. The options that are available to you are only going to get worse. I, I thought of that when I, when I read this quote from this book. I, I, you know, went into Wegmans or Tops, and I was just looking at all the choices of cereal, right? Even when I, I mean, I'm 47, but I remember as a kid, the cereal aisle wasn't that big. Now it's like you're looking down, okay, there's, you know, 400 feet of aisle of just cereal, right? And then you look around, oh, there's another whole aisle of cereal over here. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It only gets worse. And the problem, here it is. We think, here's the lie. Catch it. Watch. Track with me here. Here's the lie we believe. We think the more choice we have is the more peace we're going to have in our life. But in fact, just the opposite happens. It causes more stress and anxiety in our heart. That's why the African pastor couldn't handle it. Too much. Too much overload. Too many choices. Too easy access to my life. Too easy to connect with to somebody to do this, to face to get email. Too easy, too easy, too easy, too easy. And what it creates is we think it's going to make our lives easier, but in fact, it has caused more stress. I'm going to, I want to propose something to you. Just I'm going to throw it out here. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in this in our Ten Commandments series. We're going to start in a couple of weeks. Let me just propose this to you. I'm just going to throw this out to you. We should do a fast from some of our technology. 
Some of you that are going to go on vacation or whatever, I propose to you that you have a fast from your phone. Thank you. One person is going to do it with me. God bless you, Carl. He's going to do it with me. Amen? Um, I know Pastor Mike has started this a little bit where he doesn't check his emails on his day off. So if you try to email him on Monday, he's not going to respond to you. Sorry, but he's just not. If you try to get me on Friday, I'm not going to respond to you because I just, it's too easy because once I go there, I check out. Right? Thank you. Amen. So there's two, praise God, you guys are with me this one. Woo, we're, we're, revival has just started in our church. Amen. Okay? Revival is just there. But I, I just want to propose that to you because remember, it all, we're trying to find peace in our life, right? It all starts with these small choices and all these little itty bitty things add up to one huge conglomerate thing that overwhelms us, right? So I'm just trying to get you to see little areas of your life that we are just so overwhelmed and bombarded with. That's why I love to go to Five Guys. Burgers and fries. That's it. Here's your choice. What do you want? There's the board. It's right in front. There's no telephone book. Right there. Okay, you can either have one page, two pages, and what you want on it, you're done, you're through. I love it. Amen. Simple. See, l- let me say this. All this stuff is not necessarily bad, but it can overwhelm us to create in our heart an anxious heart. Anxiety is an emotion that can seize our heart at any moment's notice. And so because of all this stuff, we wonder why our life is so burdened and why we don't have peace and, and, and why we don't feel the peace of Christ in our life. Because we worry about our health and we worry about someone else's health. We worry about our finances. Um, and, an anxious heart is this. An anxious heart is a fearful heart. An anxious heart is a fearful heart for this reason. When anxiety creeps in and overwhelms my heart, fear begins to set in. And once fear begins to set in my heart, I stop depending on the Lord at that moment. And I begin to rely on my own understanding and my own strength. And guess what? When you begin to rely on your own understanding, your own strength, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall apart. You will not be able to handle it. So how do we protect our heart from the infection of anxiety? Well, Paul gives us the answer for a worrisome heart, and he explains in his, uh, to his listeners how to be proactive in the fight against anxiety and, and worry. And, I, and I, my prayer for you is, is some of you are just going to be set free today, that this is going to help some of you today to apply this to your life so that you can truly find the peace of Christ in your life. So Philippians chapter 4, if, you, if your Bibles are turned open to that, let's, let's just look at verses 6 and 7. And, and let's see what Paul says here in that last chapter. He says, Do not be anxious about some things, anything, but in everything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in what? Look at how those two words are pinned up against each other. You got, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, what? By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and here's the great exchange, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is saying here, there are definitely some steps we have to take in order to find peace in our lives. And, and it would be easy for us to just wish for it, right? How many of you just said, I just wish for some just peace in my house. I just hope that it would just all get better. And how many know it will not happen, right? The moment you think you got peace, something comes around the corner that's going to that's gonna throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. How many know what I'm talking about? We, we look for external things. If I can just remove some of this stuff out of my life, it's going to make my life so much easier. Listen, life happens. It just does. Life happens, you are part of it, and things are going to happen because life happens, right? So just be, be ready for it. Life happens. So listen, God is not telling us that peace will come by eliminating all our problems. God is not telling us that everything will be perfect. 
But what is Paul really saying here? Paul is saying, is what he's telling us is that God will give us peace in the midst of it. Hmm, that's interesting. He's going to give us peace in the midst of it. So how do we access the peace of God in my crazy life? Now, I can give you a whole bunch of principles on, on, on how to live a more peaceful life and blah, 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 and all that's good. but how many know that just life happens and it's going to be crazy? And there are things that we can eliminate from our busy schedule. Everybody's busy, right? And busy, busy, busy. We can definitely eliminate things in our lives to not cause us to be so busy, right? And, and those are just practical things. But even eliminating those things out of our life doesn't necessarily bring the peace of God into our heart. Can I get an Amen right? We think, well, if I just read some Dr. Phil, I'll read his book, I'll read this person, I'll get all organized my life and organize my closets or organize my sock drawer and my life will be so much better, right? And then all of a sudden the next day when your closets are all, you had California closets come and organize your closets and your sock drawers and your life is all neat and your, 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 your pantry's all perfect and organized and you're, and, and you're like, why do I still feel no peace in my life? Because you don't have the peace of Christ. Right? All those things are fine. Go ahead and organize your closet. Some of you need to organize your closets. Some of you, I need to organize my sock drawer. Believe me. I really do. I'm not just saying that. So if you call me and I say, I'm working on my sock drawer, I probably really am because it's a mess. So listen, that's not going to bring peace necessarily of, of the Lord in your heart. So how do we access the peace of God? Well, here are four things I want to give you. Take a note. You can write these down. Four things that will unlock the peace of God through what Paul tells us here. What's the first thing Paul says? Go to God in prayer. Now, let me just give you a little word study on this word prayer. Because the word prayer in this verse is probably the most commonly used word for prayer in the New Testament. It's actually a compound word, two words in the Greek language. The first part literally means closeness. It literally means you're moving towards something. So the other part of, of this word in the New Testament means to have intimacy or contact with someone else. So you're moving towards someone else. That's what this word prayer means. So literally you could say it means to come close to God. That's what prayer means. It, the, the word prayer, Paul's saying, is come close to God. The, the, the second part dis, describes a, a wish or desire. It, it carries the idea of an exchange. God, I'm, I'm giving this to you in exchange for something else desired. And so this is what Paul wants us to understand. We are to come close to God, and this amazing thing happens. When we give him our worries, the exchange is he gives us his peace. So when, when I'm worried or there's anxiety in my heart... Paul says, at that moment, you've got to draw near to God. Don't, don't draw near to that thing that you're worried about. Because guess what? The exchange from that worrisome thing that you're worried about is going to put more fear into your heart. So what, what Paul's saying is, draw near to God, that thing that has caused anxiety or stress in your heart. Draw near to me. Lay that thing at my feet. And the exchange is, he says, I'm going to give you peace to help you to get through that. Now, now what, what, what's, the, what's the issue here? Well, the issue here is, okay, we say, well, well, God, okay, I've given you this thing. I still have fear. I'm waiting. I'm still anxious. I came to you in prayer. Okay, God, what's going on? Why am I still anxious? You got to get the whole verse in its context, because here's the problem with our lives, right? We live in a microwave society, and we want everything done yesterday. And if you're going to understand your relationship with God correctly, you've got to understand that God's wishes for you and God's hope for you is that you would grow in His Son, Jesus. That you would grow closer to Him. That your lives would become a sacrifice unto Him. And how many of you know that God sometimes allows us to go through things for a reason? To allow His glory to be shown in your life. So if you're just looking for God to be a magic genie in the bottle that you just... You make your wish and you say it and poof, everything's going to be better. You're going to be mistaken many times. And you're going to be disappointed with God. And so you have to say, God, listen, I'm going to draw close to you. I'm going to lay this thing at your feet. And, and I know that your best is for me. I know that you're for me and not against me. I know nothing can separate me from your love, which is in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to draw near to you, even though this hurts, even though I'm going through an anxious time, I'm going to draw near to you. And I'm going to give this thing to you. 
Now, now here are the steps. You draw near to God, but the next thing we have to understand is we have to go to God in humility. Here's the thing I never understood about this verse. When Paul says to, to, to bring your request, your supplications to the Lord. I thought that just meant, well, you just lay your laundry list before the Lord, right? Here's our prayer request, God. Here's all 65 of them. And we lay, that's not what that word means. Here's what it means. You go to God in prayer, but you've got to go to God with humility. And here's what that word supplication means. When, when Paul means that we go to the Lord in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, it means that you're drawing close to God with the right heart. See, listen, you can pray all day long, but if your heart's not right before the Lord, it's going to hit the ceiling and come right back down. Can I get an amen? So what Paul is saying here, listen, when you draw near to God in prayer, you've got to draw with supplication and thanksgiving. Just don't go to God and say, here's my list, God, blah, 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 blah. He says, no. Come to God with supplication and thanksgiving. Here's what the word supplication means. The word takes on more than just a request. It actually depicts someone with some deficiency in their life. And they come strongly to plead that need before the Lord that God would meet it. it it's, here's the reason why. Because when I come with supplication in my heart and there's a need in my heart and I know there's a deficiency, it humbles me. And it's humbling to admit that you have a need. This word pictures a person who doesn't care what other people think. It, it literally pushes all pride aside. You know, have you ever asked for help or for prayer? Usually the biggest hindrance to that is our own pride. And so when he says, come, and, 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 you, and, and you give this supplication, what you're saying is, Lord, there's a deficiency in my heart. I haven't been trusting you. I, I've worried about this thing way, way too much. And I need to humble myself before you, and I need to draw near to you, and I need to draw close to you. And so that when we, when we come to the Lord with supplication, what we're really saying to the Lord is, God, I need you. I'm deficient. I'm broken. I'm defective. How many of you know that we are defective? Right? So when you come to the Lord and you say, God, I'm defective in this area. I need you. All of a sudden, through that humility, God's peace comes in and gives you strength. You see, supplication says, God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own. Supplication says this, like in 1 John 1, 9, where it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Supplication says, God, I've sinned. I've sinned by trusting my own strength. I've sinned in so many different ways. And I'm just humbling myself before you saying, I'm a sinner and I need help. I got angry. I lost my time. Whatever, whatever the thing was. Lord, I've trusted myself. I'm worrying about this thing way too much. Right? So supplication is, is, is going to God with humility. The, the third thing there, Paul says, so we go to God in prayer. It's so much more than just giving him our requests. It's humbling ourselves. It's admitting that we have some deficiency in our life. But then Paul says, go to, go to God in prayer with, with, with humbling yourself, but also with thanksgiving. And this is, this is more for us than for God. Does God know that he's good? Wait a minute, where are we here? You guys should know, right? Does God know that he's perfect? Yeah. Let's pray. Lord, help us all here today that we learn your word. Okay, so we know God already knows that he's good. God knows that he's perfect. God knows that he's sovereign, right? Then why do we have to tell God that he's good, if he already knows it. There you go. We have to say it for ourselves. This is more for us than for God. Thanksgiving takes the emphasis off me and on the one who is gracious and good to us. This word actually describes a heart that is actually moved by the goodness of God. It comes from an overwhelming sense 
of God's grace. Whew, okay, now we're starting to get a little deeper here about prayer, right? So we understand that prayer is just more than just going blah, 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 and giving our list. It's coming to the Lord. It's humbling ourselves. It's realizing that we're deficient, that we need the Lord. It's coming to Him with thanksgiving, saying, God, you're good. God, you're gracious. God, you're wonderful. Thank you for everything that you've given me. Have you ever just sat there in God's presence and just thanked God for all He's done for you? Have you ever just sat in His presence and just thanked God for Jesus, for saving you, for displaying his grace in your life. How many you know it's much easier, right? It's much easier to look at all the negative things in your life and the things that you are deficient of than to look at all the things that you're blessed with. Because Paul will go later, later on in the chapter to talk about how he's content. That no matter what situation in, in, he's found the secret of contentment because he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength, right? So it's so much easier in our house by our sliding glass door. We've got this little ant problem. These little ants seem to get in through the sliding glass door. I'm studying my map. I'm looking over my message this morning. was not playing the bowling game on my Kindle fire, okay? My vow to you, I was not doing that. I was studying a little bit this morning. I'm looking down. I see these little ants again, Right? I'm looking there and these little ants are all, and you, I got fixated with these little ants. So then you get the spray out and I'm just like, you know, Terminator, you know, spraying all the ants. And it just drives me. Cause then I'm looking for every little ant that's in the seagrass rug. And it's like, oh my, where are these things? And it just, ooh, I hate the ants and they get, you know, and it's so easy in our lives to look at all the small, wrong, negative, blah, blah. And we, and, and we get so immersed with that that we forget how good God is. And, and all the things that he's done for us. That I woke up and he gave me air to breathe. That, 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 that he, he gives me a roof over my head to, to sleep on and a bed to, to sleep in. Amen. God is, God is good. Let's say that together. God is good. Just remind yourself every day that God is good, that he's for you. So as you go to God, just go to him. Thank God. Say things like this. God, thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that you're never going to leave me or forsake me. Thank you, Lord, that, that you're going to provide for me. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know how it's going to. But Lord, I know that you're going to provide for me because I know that you're good. And that you're gracious. So when you come to the Lord, just admit that deficiency. Thank the Lord for everything he's done for you. And then, are you ready? And then Paul says, make your requests to God. Okay, why does he wait to there? Because now, guess what? Your heart, right, is in the right place to make that request. Now here's the crazy, wacky thing about this whole thing. When, when you prepare a meal, you got to prepare it right by the ingredients, right? And how many know that when you miss a certain ingredient, it doesn't come out right, and you're like, what did I miss? Like, I love making chocolate chip cookies, but the only thing I can bake or cook, I stink at cooking, I can't grill, I feel like such not a man. I'm just, <laughs> my, wife, my wife puts me to shame on the grill, she can paint. She can put up wallpaper. I'm like, I feel like a man. She's just good at all that stuff. So I just let her do it. Praise God. <laughs> honey, honey, there's a spot on the wall over there. Could you paint that, please? Now? Okay. She's just good at it. Praise God for my wife. Thank you, Jesus. She's been married 23 years today, by the way. Just let you know. Anniversary day. Amen. Good woman. Godly woman to be married to me. Thank you, Jesus. You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, if I miss an ingredient in those things, right, it doesn't come out right. So here's the thing. Paul's saying, here's how you prepare. You've got to prepare yourself. And when you're, here, here's the crazy, wacky thing in this whole thing. When you are prepared, all of a sudden, when you bring your request to God, maybe that request that you're bringing to God is like, mm, man, Lord, my heart's not right there. You know, 
I don't know, I was asking for this thing, but now you've kind of changed my heart in a different direction now. I'm not even going to pray for that thing anymore because you've changed my heart, right? Or all of a sudden you begin to pray and you begin to humble yourself and you begin to thank the Lord and that person that you're upset with and that person that you're praying for, well, God, I wish you would just change that person's heart and they would come and just apologize to me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good night. And all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden you pray you admit your deficiency, that you're a sinner and that you can easily become embittered. You begin to thank the Lord and all of a sudden God begins to change your heart and you go to, come, come, you're following me now, aren't you? You're saying, oh, Pastor, don't go there. Please don't go there because I like praying the mean prayers of just God, get them prayer, right? God, strike them down with lightning. Avenge my enemies, Lord. Hallelujah. Right? That's what we want, right? All of a sudden we pray. We submit our lives before the Lord. And then all of a sudden, God says, you know what I want you to do? I want you to humble yourself before that person and ask for forgiveness. Wait a minute, Lord, they offended me. I got no, I'm in the right here. God says, no. See, your heart now is in the right place. That's what Paul is talking about. You see, don't use prayer as your weapon against somebody else. Right? Because you're right. And if we really... Think about the prayers that we've prayed over the years. Thank God that God is patient with us because he's probably up in heaven going, are you, you really want me to answer that prayer? Do you really want me to answer that prayer, right? Thank God he's gracious to us, right? So with that deficiency in our sin that I'm weak before the Lord, all of a sudden it begins to change my heart and my attitude towards this whole prayer thing and the request thing changes. So now Paul says, okay, now your heart's right. Here you go with your request. Here's the thing I want you to understand. God wants to hear from you, even though he already knows what you need. And then we may ask the question, well, then why ask? God wants you to depend on him. It's a sign of dependency. God, you're my source. Here is my need. And so what you do is you pray specifically. How do general prayers ever get answered? Lord, I just pray for the world. Thank you for the world, God. No, pray specific. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for specific needs that are going on. Do not allow that worry and that fear to grip your heart to the point to where it overwhelms you. And maybe that's where some of you are today. And so, so what's happening in your life right now that's causing you this anxiety in, in your life? Have you even prayed about it? Right? Have you even laid that thing down before the Lord? Many times I'm like worried about this thing and then I'm like, you know what? I never really have prayed about this. I've never really sought the Lord and have gone before him with, with supplication and thanksgiving and, and, I, and made this request to God. I haven't even done that. No wonder why I'm so worried about it, right? Because I would rather worry about it because I feel like, well, I can fix it myself. And that's the proclivity of our heart. That's the default of our heart to go right to myself and to say, well, I can figure this out. I can do it. And God's saying, no, come to me. I want you to be close to me. Because when you're close to me and I've got your heart, Paul says a wonderful thing begins to happen. He says what begins to happen is there's this overwhelming sense of God's peace that will literally guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It, the word picture there is, is like a guard standing at a gate. When you draw close to the Lord, all of a sudden, those things that overwhelmed you before, the things that you were anxious about before, all of a sudden don't have that great of gravity on your heart anymore. Why? Because you're close to God and God says, I'm going to take care of you in this thing. You're like big whip. I'm close to the Lord. I'm close to Christ. I know he's going to take care of this. And all of a sudden, there's this overwhelming sense of peace in your heart and life that the things that used to bother you before don't seem to bother you anymore. Why? It's the peace of Christ. And for some of you here today, here, here's the takeaway. Here, here's where you need to be with this. Some of you here today, you're just not at peace with God because your life is in turmoil. You haven't submitted your life before Christ and confessed him as Lord and Savior. God has to come in your life. You've got to open that door to allow Christ to come in your life. That's why you're so eternal. And some of you may be at that point where you just need to say, God, I give up. Woohoo! I give up. I submit to Christ. I believe he's Lord. I need him in my life. Some of you, the takeaway here today is that there's something that is so overwhelming in your 
life that it's just got you down and you don't have peace. You can actually see your life starting to unravel at this point. So I want the band to come forward at this, at this time. We, 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 I wanted to do this today. I wanted to give you a moment today in this service to begin to ask yourself, what thing is overwhelming my heart right now? What thing has caused anxiety and turmoil in my heart right now? And, and I want us to give us an opportunity in this service today for you to respond to God and just say, God, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you in prayer. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself. I'm going to admit that there's a deficiency here. I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to make this request because I need your peace. I'm, I'm at, maybe some of you are at the end of the rope. Maybe some of you aren't, but there's, just, there's this overwhelming sense of just anxiety in your heart. And, and, and I, I, some of you here today, listen, some of you here today, you battle with panic disorders. I believe God wants to heal you of that. I believe God wants to take some of whatever that, I don't, I don't, whatever the medical condition is, God, I believe Jesus can heal. And some of you here today, you, you, you may say, man, pastor, no one even knows that, but there are times where I just, I just get this overwhelming sense of panic in my life. And it scares me. Christ wants to heal you of that today. Listen, come to him. Come to him today. The promise is, the promise is this, that Jesus Christ will give you a peace today that will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be solved tomorrow. That doesn't mean that, that your whole life is going to just work out in the next moment. But it means that God is going to be there for you. And he's going to heal you today. And he's going to draw you to his side. And he's going to do such a great work in your heart that maybe you don't even know that, that, that God is doing that work. But right now you're sensing, God, you're beginning to just do that great work in my heart, in my life today. Amen. I, I want to pray for you today. I want you to bow your, your hearts today. And um, I, just, I just want the Lord just to begin, just to do that, that deeper work in your heart and life today. And this is what we're going to do as, um, as we begin to play and as we begin to, to just to worship. I'm going to invite you this morning to come to the front here and just bow before the Lord and allow God to just do that deep, deep work. Uh, there may be some that will come behind you and just lay a hand on you and agree with you in prayer, but this is just between you and the Lord. This is something that you just say, God, I've got to lay this before your feet today. I've, I've got to make this right uh, before you today. And, and, and I want you just to experience uh, God's peace in your life today before you leave this place today. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for who you are. None of us in this place have it together and we all struggle with, with certain things and certain issues, Lord. But we need you today. We need your love today. We, we need your grace today. We need you to just do a great work in our heart today, God. So I pray, Jesus, that God, as we just bow our hearts before you and as we just take this time and as we worship you, Lord, that you would begin to work in every single heart today, God. That, Lord, no matter what the burden is, no matter what the struggle is today, that, Jesus, you would just begin to work in hearts, God. That you would begin to heal of some of these disorders, God, that can so easily overwhelm our minds. And so, Lord, we come before you today and we ask that you would heal us today. God, I pray that we would be a people of prayer, that, Lord, we would seek your face. And, Lord, I just pray for every individual person here today that, that might be struggling with, uh, with, this, with the disorder or whatever it might be or just something in their life that's overwhelmed them. I pray that they would find your peace today as we bow our hearts before you and we submit our lives before you. In Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So as the band begins to play, you can, you can, listen, you can do whatever you want. You can stay at your seat. You can stand. 
if you really feel like, God, I just need to lay this before you, I want you to come forward today and just bow before the altar today and just allow God to deal with your heart today. Amen? So let's respond to the Lord and let him begin to work in your hearts. I'm going to call you. I'm going to say, God's calling you. Just lay that in his feet today. Amen? God bless you. Amen. Let's respond to Jesus.
is good, isn't he? He's ministering to people. I hope he's ministering to you. I want you just to, those that are at the altar, they can keep praying. We're not going to rush them, but I want you to stand with me, those of you that are seated this morning. And um, listen, here's the thing that, that is important for us to realize is that God is always there. He's just waiting for us to come to him. That, that's, that's the hard thing for us to humble ourselves before him. But he's there for us always, waiting for you to come and just lay that burden at his feet. He's good and he's faithful and he always provides for us. Lord, I just pray as we just stand in your presence, to thank you for what you're doing for those here in the front and for those of here that are just reaching out to you, God. Lord, I just pray that you would bring your healing touch on those that are just struggling today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're available. That Jesus, you provided the way for us, complete access to the Father through your blood. And so we can come in the name of Jesus and find help and grace and mercy in our time of need. And so, Lord, I pray that that we would never take that for granted. And Lord, you would just continue to minister to us through the week. Lord, as we continue to lay our burdens at your feet. And thank you for the peace that we have that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. No matter how difficult the circumstance is, we can have a peace in the midst of that storm that we know Christ is our anchor and he's never going to let go of us. So thank you for the hope that we have in Christ today. And we just love you and we thank you and we just give you the glory in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen, 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 amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Go in God's grace. Have a wonderful day. Amen. Good to see everyone.